Friends, Romans, countrymen, lend me your ears. Hello, everyone. You are tuned to the MC Lars podcast. It is Monday, July 6, 2020. This is episode 97. I actually recorded this episode back in March, actually on March 20th at the beginning of the pandemic. And uh, I was waiting for the time to drop it. But this is with Dr. Jeb Middlebrook, a.k.a. Just Rhyme, a.k.a. Privilege. We talk about his journey from being in the music industry to being on reality TV, to being in academia, to becoming a realtor. And uh, Dr. Middlebrook studied at USC. And when he was at USC in 2008 doing his PhD, we used to hang out. I heard about him uh, because I read a book called Other People's Property by Jason Tans. And there was a chapter on him and his band, AR-15, a.k.a. Anti-Racist 15, which was a group he had with his friend Trevor that wrote songs about how white people can fight racism. And then he was on a show called The White Rapper Show on VH1 run by MC Search. And he was one of the last contestants. He brought a conscience to the show and uh, it was just cool to see him do that. So we talk about his career in getting his PhD. We also talk a lot about fatherhood and he gives me a lot of advice Months before my son would be born, but it was cool. It's cool to li- go back and listen to it now, like especially about the stuff on how to soothe a crying baby. And uh, that's what's up. He also does these parties, these online uh, parties to help people pay for down payments for their houses. And um, yeah, it's just, it was really cool. So this week's episode is brought to you by the following Patreon Larshans. Uh, if you want to get my whole back catalog of proprietary Patreon songs and access to exclusive merch. Go to patreon.com slash MCLR. Shout out to the new ones, Adam, Brian, and Tim Baloo. And Tim is our friend in Austin. We always stay with at South by Southwest. Shout out to the old ones, Amber, Larry Fine, and Triel. And Larry is a friend in Pittsburgh who's been coming to see us for years. Such a huge fan of the nerdcore movement and a uh, father. So, Let's get into it. Before we do, I want to play this week's Letter to Atlas. This is from my friend, Walt Ribeiro, who actually did the arrangement for the Flow Like Poe string arrangement when we pl- debuted it at Carnegie Hall, which he kind of talks about. So this is this week's Letter to Atlas. Is he sleeping? Is, is he pooping? pooping? Just checking in. How's a little boy doing? These are some messages that you left. Wishing our little baby boy the best. Now it's time for Letters to Atlas. Please leave a message after the tone. Hey, Atlas, what's up? It, my name's Walt, and uh, I'm friends with your dad. We performed together at Carnegie Hall, which, uh, you know, you'll, you'll probably be much older when you hear this, but it's one of the, the most prestigious performance venues in the world. So uh, we actually debuted one of his songs, and it, it was, uh, it was a, a huge hit. So uh, congrats on everything, and uh, tell your dad that I said, hey, all right, I'll talk to you soon. Hopefully. See ya. Thanks, Walt. That was tight. Okay, let's get into it. I wanted to announce the Bible LP is dropping July 17th. I'm doing a music video a week, and you can pre-order it on Bandcamp and get the Daniel in the Lion's Den uh, song downloadable, but it's going to be everywhere. I'm super proud of it. Keep your eyes peeled for that, but before you get to peep that flavor, this is my interview with Dr. Jeb Middlebrook right here on the MC Lars Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here with 
Dr. Jeb Middlebrook, a.k.a. Just Rhyme of AR-15, a.k.a. California's favorite new real estate agent, a.k.a. my friend and collaborator, a.k.a. my longtime homie from Minnesota. What's up, Jeb? Salute, Lars, a.k.a. Andrew, a.k.a. Double A, a.k.a. Batteries, a.k.a. Dad Gang. That's what's up. Um, I appreciate you taking time to talk because you've been busy, man, right? You have a lot going on. Um, you know, uh, busy, recognize busy. I mean, it's yeah. just like we follow things we're interested in, right? Like, what are you, right. what are you interested in right now? You know, we're about to have this kid. So interested in learning about all the health stuff and trying to survive this craziness of the second month of the year. Right. And it's kind of surprising. And I've been in New York. We left the city just trying to stay safe. You know, your family had a little stuff you're going through with the Corona stuff. You're trying to make sure everything was cool. Everybody does, man. Like that's the story. That's the stories we're going to talk about. Like this is like this is one of those big ones, man. Yeah, this is like dinosaur meteor shit. Yeah, for real. This is it's global. I, so yeah. it's like this shit doesn't happen where we all experience the same thing at the same time. Like that's where the cosmic shit starts to. That's where it starts to. You know what I mean? The choice is really like what happens when everyone in the world experiences the same thing. What does that mean? What does it open up for us and what's possible and what's not? But anyway, yeah, we're in it, bro. Like that's what I was saying off the off air. Like let's just take care of each other. Call on the loved ones. See how people are doing. That's what they need. Yeah. If you have capacity to answer that question, no matter what they say. Because so often in our culture recently, we've become siloed and separated. And I think this is like, we all have these different virtual realities. And this is a moment where like, no, this is reality. This connects us all. And I know you do a lot of work, both academically and now with real estate and with your art and your outreach about breaking down those barriers that keep people separated that are barriers that we don't need to have. And your story and your career as an academic and a musician is really interesting because you, what, you grew up in like rural Minnesota, right? People could take a can of Spam and look on it and that says the town I grew up in, Austin, Minnesota, AKA Spam Town, USA. <laughs> and you went to high school there too? Man, Spam built my high school. Literally, it's my, my school is sponsored by Hormel and that was in 1998. So, you know, the future of... Uh, of no logo, bro, was was this year. You know, we all sponsored. Yeah. Spam wow. shit. Wow. Was there that's interesting. Did your teachers was there pressure to like talk more about <laughs> ways to promote the company and stuff? Or like Yeah, it was a company town, man. Twenty thousand people. So everyone's family worked or were funded in some way by the company. So it's surreal, bro. And actually like fun fact Right now in Minnesota, the Children's Theater in Minneapolis, outstanding children's theater in the United States, globally, really, they are now uh, staging a play written about the Hormel strike in 1985, the year my family moved there, mm. that, that tore the community apart, but also shows what helps people in tough times, which is neighbors. And I was literally witnessing that when I was young. But I say that to say that this uh, moment right now is being documented on stage. My life interviewing right. kids who are at that time in Minnesota. So, and also uh, American Dream, the American Dream, the film, great uh, award-winning documentary on um, the Hormel strike, and wow. uh, it has my neighbors in it, bro. 
Like, oh, really? Yeah. It's called the American Dream. Yeah, the American Dream, and um, there's a lot of stuff with that. But yeah, man, spam, real. It's like you know, real, real blue collar. Like that's where we come from. And my family was one of the few that worked in non-hormel occupations, so which is healthcare usually, you know, or Mm. service work. So my dad checked people's eyes at the local shop co, like a Kmart, and my mom worked on a mental health unit on the hospital. So we always had enough. My folks came up poor, but they made that solid middle to middle upper class living, but they gave us that work ethic and never take money for granted. And we just blue collar town. So like, Mm. like, but so I always wonder why I didn't really, we can talk about this because the cross institutions is interesting. Like the space, I think, and you already, you know, man, you like me and and you peep this and I appreciate it. Let's talk about the across a lot. Because I think we could talk about the moments in different areas or genres or industries, but I think what I contribute most to is that across thing you're talking about. So we'll say it in a second. But this first thing was like, I never really fit in academia. So that's been my trajectory. And it's because of my roots, bro. <laughs> and so, you know, like, and now I'm full circle and I'm back to that, which I want to, you know, talk about too. And that's why we're connecting again, because you and I met when I'm living my passion and here we are again. And I, I'm fully entrepreneurial. So we're going to do some work. <laughs> That's what's up. Yeah. We used to, so there was that era when I was living in Hollywood with my cousin, we would kick it. We would hang out often. And when I moved back with, when I was back in Mar Vista and we'd be like, that was a special time, man. You were doing your PhD and was it, was it in race and ethnicity or what was your? Yeah. Well, yeah. well tell people how you, found out about me and how we met right. because that I think tells, you know, it's the beginning of the, the confluence of education, entertainment, activism, right? So I was read this book by Jason Tans. It's called Other People's Property. It's a great, um, it's just a story about like, like white appropriation of, of black culture and hip hop. And he has a chapter on everything, it. but the burden, Greg Tate, same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, is that another book? I haven't read that one. That's Greg's original. Yeah. And Jason got the idea from him. And there's a chapter on you and your friend Trevor's group, AR-15, which stood for anti-racist 15. And you had the what? The 15 principles to build harmony, racial harmony. That's kind of where you got the name from. It was like a movement building principles, like how to be accountable and step up in the community, you know? And we were just talking to white guys specifically, like straight white men, who are like, yo, like, we don't want to be the enemy, but we don't want to be the asshole either. So how do we right. take responsibility for our shit? It doesn't mean you stop loving hip hop, but like, are you loving, are you giving back to hip hop? And so that was kind of like, yo, let's rock, but like, just be thoughtful about how you're rocking. And we would specifically build partnerships and alliances with organizations and artists of color to push that like we realize the power for white folks to be able to pass the mic we get the mic all the time especially white men so we'd use metaphors like what does it mean to pass the mic or like at the end of our show we'd pass the hat and we just it's always been cooperative collaborative economics like we could talk about what it looks like now and but those are the early lessons for sure and yeah um and i saw you and vice versa like that was my space days so lars reached out i'm in my dorm room at that time at uic i'm a grad student um uh, and uh, still studying ethnic studies, race and ethnicity. People that knew me in Minneapolis, I was on this shit early, like 18, 19, like battle rapping, racial justice shit, um, that wild white boy. But I, that was like, like you, you know, for the most part, we come up like, in, it's the one white boy in the room thing. 
and y'all shifted that and we've talked about that we can talk more about it too i think it's interesting like the nerd core what that means and why is it majority white and i don't know questions you know more about than i do but like we vibed on that like politics thing like let's be thoughtful yeah. about being white and hip-hop so salute salute <laughs> and i miss those days you know we're gonna have some yeah. more I, we're gonna we do it we're gonna do we're doing some ciphers by the way bro right now like private private ciphers so hit the dms vip <laughs> <laughs> we used to i remember i i sent you a picture today like you'd come over and we'd freestyle at my house and back back in the early days of streaming what was it a uh, Ustream or something like yeah Ustream. we'd do some weekly rap and uh freestyles and it was always really fun you me uh trev and tim too tim would rap fucking too. tim bro he's like, a good rapper so we doing these a lot now man just like off grid like when we talk economics and kind of what's next like if i was interviewing you that's all i want to talk about how do we use these systems and repurpose them for the people but it's like we're not even on the internet bro and we're making hundreds like tonight we're already we're gonna clear like we're gonna clear a thousand dollars on a private party tonight yeah i hit you on the dm that's the DM I hit you. So like, just come and check it out. But I'm saying like, people see the flyers, but that's not going to be on the internet. You feel me? Like, and it's dope. We say even the guest list is curated, which works for politics, safety, well-being, and for artists having a good time. People are hitting us up who play stages that don't even play stages. Like I was doing this as backyard parties before we were doing it online. Like folks shutting down stages in Long Beach would hit me on the DM and throw a private party and make more money in my backyard with less yeah. hassle. So yeah. like, that's what we're doing online now. So that's what I want to do with you cool. and anyone listening. Openhouse.org, O-P-3-N-H-O-U-5-E.org. <laughs> .org. Buy, sell, lease, homes, commercial, land, vacation, rentals. We out here. You, yeah, you've always had this talent for connecting people and seeing what's good in people and wow. trying to encourage them to be their best while not feeling guilty wow bro you've I seen think, that at me for a yeah, long time i've seen that if you for what 12 years now and i remember once you came over when we were living in mar vista and we were talking we were hanging out we were like partying at the apartment and i said i said something about like i asked you a question about inequality and i was like how do people who have privilege give back and why oh, did they need to and you said you i remember you said people start with less and so it's important to share that because that's just something we can't avoid and mm. it's important. Bro, woke is not on the internet. That's the problem. So Explain that more. Well, just like the reason we are able to communicate about this stuff is we are in relationship with one another. Right. You know what's, you know what's revolutionary, bro? Friendship. Exactly. That's why we vibe. You see? So right. it's like you're, you're already on this. It doesn't matter what you call it, like God. So people that talk the talk, bro, usually don't walk it. Are too busy promoting their brand online. Talking right? it. Yeah. That's what yeah. I'm saying. If you're like, and that's the people we hear from all the time. Right. Because the internet and because people talk first. But yeah. the, I'm, I'm telling you, and you're going to see, we're walking it exclusively. We just put up the flag on the internet to let people know where we're at. Right. We're not chasing y'all though, because our right. shit's good. And everyone right. you're going to meet in there tonight, bro, one or two degrees of separation, just like a fucking house party. The That's shit sad. that we all love to play wherever we at in our career. But the money looks like stadiums. 
Right. That's cool. Or, so- or solid clubs. Whoever's hitting $50 a ticket with no ticket master fees coming out of that. So that means whoever's hitting a $65 to $70 ticket, right? That's what we're doing right now. That's what we're doing tonight. 100% of the money back to the artist. Wow. Volunteer run network. Wow. Game changer for every single industry. Holler at me. It's a model I want replicated. I'll show you it, give you the keys. Let's go open source. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Hip-hop has always been about using technology to subvert and empower people and communicate and inspire, right? And it's like with the internet, mm-hmm. it's been interesting notes in our time knowing each other since the early years of social media and now. Oh, and wow, wa- yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I want to also talk about your time at USC and you, being a professor and where you're at now. Let's give it a round of applause. Take a applause break in the podcast right now. Lars is an incredible interviewer. I don't y'all think y'all understand how well prepared this guy is. I watch podcasts for a living. Salute, man. Thank you. And that, and the only reason I know that, well, you can feel it, and that means he's caring for his guests. So y'all, and Lars has always done this, and I'm doing this too, so we care, gang, in business. Y'all got to recognize that um, love equals economics in business. Lars already knows that. I'm new to the game, but I'm here now. So anyway. I just wanted to give that blessing. So Thank you. The, the question is, again, sorry. What made you want to go get that PhD at USC? The rap stuff we were talking about was popping then. I was on TV. Um, my activism was heavy. Um, you were in the, the Jason Tans book? In a couple of movie shit. Like, yeah. But, I, but it was because I was doing the work that was in my heart. It wasn't because I was chasing it. And I think that's how we vibe too. Like you make it doing the organics. But um, I think it was money, bro. Yeah. I was get pe- couches to sleep on and plates of food at like community gatherings, but rap and activism was not paying the bills in Oakland or in Minneapolis. Right. But I've had homies who moved to the country and make art now that the internet exists. But back in the day, it's like, it's a rap. So I was like, what kind of job can I get that I can work the least so I can do what I love mm. and I can get something closest to that? And that's where I found academia. You took a little break to do the VH1 White Rapper Show, right? I was doing community organizing, uh, rapping, and grad school all simultaneously. And anyone that knows me is knows I have a lot of capacity to do. Like I'm like a drummer of life, right. like you. <laughs> you know, we, we know how to we know how to hit the bop bop bop. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, but just know when the kid comes, bro, minutes become even more precious. So you're gonna be good at it because you know how to schedule. But yo, you're gonna have to give up some stuff, but it's worth it. Right. You just get prioritized. And real friends, just so you know, if I don't see you and I understand how this is, right. real friends won't judge you when you got to take time off, like months or years even. Right. So I got you, dad gang, dad cave, <laughs> anytime. Uh, but yeah, bro, so it was just like, um, how can I do that? Yeah. And something tangential to get a check. Right. And um, But what I learned, and this is what I wish I would have done, and this is why you inspired me, was like, you're always going to be trying to work in the side hustle and it never become. you got to go at some time and put all in on it. Right. And so that's what I'm doing now. So I made it, bro, in my 40th year. Yeah. But academia, I don't want to dismiss the power of it. I right. think learning and teaching is important. I just think we can do it better and give back to the community more if we do it ourselves. That's where I'm at with it now, personally. Right. Personally. And, um, we can also do it for free and actually get give people money rather than take people's money. So that's what we're doing now with the platforms. I'm not saying it's better, but I think, but well, 
other people are saying it's better. Right. That's cool. <laughs> than, what, than what they've experienced. And I'm just saying we can build, the long story short is I studied systems and we can talk about the different ones to figure out how we can build systems that take care of people and are by and for the people. Right. And now in my 40th year, I'm building them with people. You were teaching at Dominguez Hills, right? Yeah. I finished my contract at Dominguez um, this last fall. Okay. And then, um, so now I'm freelance, you know? So, um, you know, I've I've been, um, you know, offered some situations which were very kind, but um, I'm really more interested in building. And this is why I chose to uh, take time off. Uh, from academia is I wanted to really have full time to develop some of the online technologies that I had utilized and developed as a professor. Like if you go and Google whatever the rate my professor, you can see that I did online teaching mm. um, quite extensively too. So like, but you know, like when you have a boss, whether they're political or economic boss or whatever, like it's just not as fun. Right. Right. Because you have to ask permission to do and what you want to do and be yourself. You know this front to back, but I feel like I'm in my twenties again, not energy wise, but like energy wise yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I feel free, bro. You yeah. know, but I had to figure out the economics and, and now I think I did. And I think that's the thing that usually holds a lot of us back. And I know you spend a lot of time personally on that. And I see you giving back to people always trying to give them the, the, the tools of the trade that you know of how we can get free on our own terms, like DIY all day. So, yeah. So I think we could do a lot of support on that with each other moving forward if you need me. Like, um, I just want to give use. I want to use this volunteer time and plat- free platforms to support what people are already doing to amplify what people got. You know, I think, and I think that's how it'll be used, kind of like a, a Wikipedia. It's the closest to like a social media Wikipedia, I guess. Yeah. So is this the thing you've been working on for a few years? Yeah, this is my 10 years, I guess you'd say. You put in those 10 years. So yeah, I think this is, yeah, this is it. And we're doing the beta live in front of people because it was needed. Okay. Like it wasn't like, it's not all in an app, but we made it low tech as possible. So it's a website and it runs like that. So it's global in that way. Cool. Because we know not everyone can be on apps. Not everyone can be on the internet. So we're using the Zoom platform to plug people in with, if you only have phone. Right. And we're also, and we're, we're, we're connect, gathering people's phone numbers voluntarily if they want to give it and then building a phone network. So not, um, if, but when the electricity goes out, right. We've got, we've got each other. Zoom.us, you know, like we give them money. They don't, we're not sponsoring them or anything like, Hey, yo, but zoom, if you're sponsoring, we'd love it. Um, but it's reasonable for $50 a month. These are some of the, like the game stuff people can do that I'd recommend immediately for communication and culture and economics um, uh, in in quarantine. God, I can't believe I said that. That's insane, right? <laughs> right. Um, but, uh, or just you want to get away from it all after this, because there will be an after this, trust you. And we'll be there to take care of each other. But um, zoom.us, so it can be an app um, or a call-in number, or it can be a website. And um, it's basically uh, for free, you can do 40-minute communications, I think, with 10 other people on the screen. Um, you can record it. You can share screen. So it's been used for conferencing for businesses. Mm. Um, and we're testing now the bounds of it for culture. We're doing like movie movie screenings, performances, stuff people are right now doing on YouTube or Facebook Live, but we're doing it with private guest lists, intimate 
and like you would in a home. So then it mirrors uh, copyright in that way. It's private, it's residents, it's friends only. So we're doing movie screenings and they're all free events too. So we're not charging. So we're meeting the check marks for an in-home, you know, living room concert series, basically. That's right. And so, yeah, so legally. And then what people are doing is blessing each other with donations based on their work or based on the services they're selling. And so also we do all free ticketing on Eventbrite. So we're not giving any of these platforms any money except Zoom. We bought it out to the $50 level a month, a month though, for all the stuff we're going to do. And anyone that partners with us, we take care of the bill mm. and it gets us a hundred videos at once. So oh, you cool. could do a live, you could do a live hundred person interaction, see them, mute all the mics and then take questions. I think for a hundred dollars, you can go up to a thousand. Wow. So, um, th this was our first test today where we went public to see if we'd hit the numbers and we will. We're having a thousand dollar night tonight for the artist who's performing. So like, um, and this, that's twice the amount of amount of money. That's a twice the amount of money he's made of any gig ever. That's dope. And, and no fees for the venues and the doorman and security. Yeah. And no paying for ads on the internet yeah. and no, it's just, and almost I'd say probably like 95, 98% of our tickets sold um, for free or registered have been through text message or direct message, Cool. not from the internet. So it's that relationship shit. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Um, so, so that's kind of, and zoom allows that platform to happen, but I'm encouraging people to go there separate from us, like build your own shit. Cause I want more party invites, <laughs> um, but, uh, but, um, you can do it with the phone. So when the internet goes out, you're good, but it does, it's a lot of cool shit. Check it out. And then tap in if you want with us. Yeah. Open house will give you a demo of it. If you want to see how we do some shit. And then if you want to collab with us, we do a uh, guest lists. Uh, we get, because we uh, do uh, local housing and aid work. We also are in real estate. So, um, we give away a percentage of our company's real estate sales uh, to, to sponsor the events. So anyone that wants to be a partner, not, not an employee, a partner can get a, um, a percentage of our real estate sales at right now we're averaging 50 to $60 per person on, on a person's free guest list they set up. And that can be for your own event or it can be for ours, you know, and a hundred percent of the money's to you. But we benefit if people can opt in to, so that's how we get sponsorships and people can opt in or opt out. So it's all legit, cool. no spam, no nothing, but that's how people are getting paid. It's pretty dope, bro. So it's called open house, but whatever, you know what I mean? That's tight. And are you tying it in with your work in real estate? Like as a real estate agent, I do local housing aid anyway. Like I do free real estate classes. Uh, what, what I did is I built a business and built a model that sustained me. And then found out, like, how do I build a network off of that to sustain other people? So the current open house model for real estate is the model that I, I'm doing for my business because I know I can show up anytime for folks, but it's inspiring other people. So, and I, we shifted it for these times. So I'm always doing free real estate, financial freedom classes, one-on-one -on -one with people privately or online or small pop-ups. So off rip that's free for anyone that wants it anytime from me so like that's before covid that's during that's after like that's just how i rock so we just made it an organizational thing like if you rock as a real estate professional that's the expectation mm. you know I me mean? yeah so um you can rock with us but that's what you're gonna do <laughs> you're gonna give that out for free so it's actually shrugging off 
people that just are in it for money because you've got to volunteer right. first. Then the second part, bro, is um, down payment parties, house parties, we call them, uh, home ownership for us through sponsored events. So that was what we were doing offline before this online shit, which is like all the money in to people that need it to get a crib. Now, the, the, um, the legal of that is I could cover almost 100% of your down payment on a house through gifts. And if we package it through a nonprofit or an organization like non like open house, I've cleared it with the top lenders in the LA area, which are top lenders globally, mm. that it's easy to gift from one check. So if we can combine it under an org or a nonprofit and write one check during escrow, we're buying people cribs now. Wow. That's dope. And get and then giving it away. No more landlords. Wow. No more bosses for real. So on each of those transactions, an agent like myself would get would get a commission, usually of around two to three percent of a purchase price. So, like on a five hundred thousand dollar house, average price nationally is about three hundred some. Where we are in California, it's around five hundred. So that's our price point locally. So five hundred thousand dollars, an agent like myself will get fifteen thousand. Then the brokerage takes some of this or that. We just go from a top price point. We actually eat the taxes. We eat everything. We let people leech off us, but we don't leech off the people. So. <laughs> Um, off of that, usually a price point for a loan is about 1%. If you originate the mortgage or something, they call them points, right? In the industry, that's like for percentage points for, in, for real estate, but also in the music industry points, right? But 1% of a loan is a standard like point rate, right? Every hundred people that you come across in the US are, um, are buying, someone's going to buy or sell a house or know someone. So here's the math now, brings it back to the event. We give one one hundredth of 1% of a price point for every person on your guest list, a percentage of our total real estate sales. In other words, we know that for every 100 people that come through our events collectively, not just mine, but me, Lars, whoever's rocking, that's $15,000 on average is coming to the whole crew. And then how's it paid out? According to your track link event bright, invite to your guest lists for your events and or other people's. Mm. And we're averaging right now this month because of what people are. And so when we hit, the whole, everyone cashes out and then it hits again and it hits again. You can cash out anytime because the money's always going to be the same. We're always giving you a percentage of the total. But right now, uh, this month, we're looking at a 56.5 uh, payout uh, because of what the the, uh, the real estate sales were this month. So you do that wow. math, you're like, Jeb, did you just clear 565000 this month in real estate sales? And I say, yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's what's up. But, but I'm saying, bro, this comes from the people because right. my, this, this events are so like, it's like the people are feeding me and what they call it in the business lead generation. So then the question comes up to report me is like, oh, is he paying for leads? Yes, I am. Is that industry standard? Yes, it is. Well, Jeb, you can't pay someone if their aunt and uncle buys a house and they refers you. You're right. Oh, but you could pay a percentage of your total company. Oh, wait, no one does that. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so usually the national average is paying people 50 to $60 for leads that are usually trash. All of our leads in this collective events, and then I'm done. All our leads are quality because people love that we're giving, mm -hmm. as you know, love before we're asking for anything. And then when we ask, we're not even asking. We're still giving service, even donating it. And what's dope, dope, dope about real estate and why I'm in it is agent works for free until they do the deal. And when they do the deal, the rich people pay everyone's bills. Right. So I work for buyers for free, holler at me, let's buy back the block. I'm donating 25% of my 
commissions on both sides to a nonprofit of your choice, 100% in these times if we need to. And all of that is the echo in the open house. So that's how it all connects. Yeah. That's cool. Response, long story short, we are real estate company buying for the people that sponsors the block. Whether right. you're doing events, passion projects, entrepreneurship, this or that, those are the price points. That's the data. Enough talk, enough <laughs> advertising. We can talk about something else. But I always got to get it in, bro, because yeah. for real people are like, why you always talk about money? I'm like, I don't do that. Capitalism does. I have to talk about it so we can survive it so we don't have to talk about it. Why do you have to go get your PhD? Well, because we live in a world where academia is something that like facilitates change. And you talked about how it made your your brain a mental beast. That's something you said to me. It made your brain. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like getting in the gym, man. Yeah. Mental gym. Can we talk about the your uh, time on VH1 real quick? Do you mind? If VH1 doesn't mind. Did you have to sign an NDA? Yeah, but I got out of it myself with my own signature, so we good. I, I bought my rights back. I waved, I waved and I killed the contract. You did? I think I'm the only one on the show that got it off. I don't have confirmation that anyone else got off their shit, but yeah, I'm out of my contract. How did you do that? I read the shit. I used my PhD. Right. And uh, I did within seven days of being off the show and I- I did a return receipt to have the uh, the signature of the exec on it to confirm they got it and uh, gangster shit receipts. So you were able to talk about the show, whereas other people couldn't talk about behind the scenes stuff. When I haven't really talked about it, but yeah, I, like no one's really asked. You're the first one right. since then. So like you do, <laughs> you have dope, dope interviews, bro. So let's get into it. I mean, first of all, I can say that they, they threatened like most MTV contracts, jail time and, and six figure fine if you talk about anything. While you're in the contract. Right. And a six album deal locked in, which you know is death for any artist. They had first rights to do that, you're saying. In preparation for this interview, I went back and watched all the episodes I could find. Oh, shit. My man. I should just shut the fuck up and let you talk. Go ahead, bro. There was a scene in the first episode where you called, oh, shit. You called out a, one of the rap female MCs using racial slurs in a kind of comfortable she way. She's the N-word. Yeah, she's the N-word and you told her it didn't make you comfortable and you asked her to stop and it was a teachable moment because the next day she had to wear a chain around her neck. Fucking shit. And bro. and that was that was brave. Crazy. Right? Because it back then I feel like Jeb 2006 right that's when you shot it 2006. A lot of this a lot of the um things we talk about now on social media and like the things we're more fluid about talking about and words you can't use and and appropriation. That stuff was kind of not as clear as it is now. But you were you were you brought a consciousness and a politics to the show and a perspective that it sorely needed. That I think honestly kind of redeemed it. Nah, thank you, bro. Yeah. I mean, actually, I, I you know there's a little inside shit about you know they were messing with the mics and stuff. Um, Shamrock blanked out for half of his uh, battle forgot his lines so based on that me and john brown rapped the whole time and shamrock only did like two three lines and then he blanked out and and they they mixed those and showed that it beat it mine and if you listen closely on my battle you can actually hear someone overdub and yell and boo it and if you listen closely and and, and uh audio match that to um shasha jenkins it's him sasha was standing by that camera with gabe so i know and it's cool, like I didn't like, but it's fun. It's funny to talk about later, you know. Wow. But like, like I knew what it was, and it was better. It was New York versus Atlanta, and me and John Brown would have run it politically. I probably would have just given it to him. I'm in the finals, bro. I'm getting what I need. Like we yeah. at that point, we'd have just been. I was battling for the money for the community, and he was battling for himself. So I would have made him look like a fool, even if he won. But this is better for our relationship because now I'm homies with him. I was on a. a a uh, live with him last night so we're gonna work yeah just funny style bro and i think uh 
all the guys, salute to all the guys behind the show. Uh, Elliot Wilson's first jump into cable TV. Uh, they all had done the Eagle Trips uh, race around on VH1, which let me know. And they did the big book of racism. So right. I knew those were the guys, the, the racial justice guys in hip hop. And they were all men of color. Uh, Sasha and Gabe and like Chairman Mao, who wrote all the source stuff back in the day. Uh, Elliot Wilson, huge resume for Double XL during all the, the source. Like this, these guys were like OGs, young OGs. And, and but they pitched the show like an actual search for white MCs. And um, that's not how VH1 shot it. Right. Um, from, from the inside, it felt like a real search. We actually met dope legends. It was a real, real education. It was dope. We knew they were playing around, but the, we didn't know every shot was going to be played. Um, but it did what it needed to do. I was selling $1,000 an hour in merch independently um, within like a week of the show being on. Um, I was clearing independently like $3,000 all-in shows in 2006 independently. I was just using it correctly. I was the only one on tour, but it was because of the spirit that brought us together. Like we were DIYing it before, like, we don't right. give a fuck if the institutions call. We we are an institution. And right. I know that because we're building. Right. Oh. That's what's up. And that we're still here. And I mean, I was I was, oh. I was looking through, man, and I was trying to see what the other, not to throw shade, but like no one really put much stuff out. Has any of Brown, J- John Brown has been the most prolific. Okay. He's been put, is he, yeah. does he go by John Brown on Spotify and stuff? No, I'll give him a shout out here. His, his stuff is fire. He just put out new music last night. Um, the Burbs Life at the Burbs Life on Instagram. Ah. Um, but he's yeah, it's a it's a whole brand. He's actually been um in New York, bro. You should pull up because he's in New York. He's doing these um thing called uh, music video or music video night with Mass Appeal, where they're they're honoring the visuals and producers behind the music, mm-hmm. and they've been selling out the Brooklyn uh, Museum of Art. Wow, uh, doing those. That's I cool. think y'all would really would really vibe. I'll connect y'all. But yeah, salute to Greg. Salute. That's his real yeah, name. Man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and he's he's worked in advertising. He's beast moded it in yeah. advertising, and now he's he's like you and me. We're all freelancing now. We, we bosses out here. That's what's yeah. up. Um, it's interesting how not once during the show did they did he talk about his name's origin as John Brown, the Southern abolitionist who led that West Virginia with me, of course, not on camera. No, not on camera. Okay. John and I think talked about it. Um in the vans, like before rolling, I think in our first interaction in the hotel or something, it was like, yo, um, but he had like a whole campaign that he knew how he was going to approach the visuals. I was just on television trying to rep for the people. I didn't know what I was doing. He knew how to use the lens and, and he just put out what he wanted to. So I started to watch him and then I became more sparse with my language. So if they wanted to use anything, stay in. So the goal was stay in as long as possible. And, and give them only sound bites you want in your narrative, right? And otherwise, just just boycott speaking, right? And so that required them to it bends the camera through you then, and so tips to any real reality stars out there. But it, it takes intense focus and meditation and like zen. But um, so then the politics got infused, right? You know, and it didn't matter what I looked like. No, it was about the politics. And about your integrity. What made you put the, the moose head in his bed? Were you just trying to mess with him? That was probably some godfather shit. Yeah, right, right. You were just messing with him. So it was not- well, No, he, he, he was always rapping, you know, mafia and shit like that. Yeah. So like, it's like, you know, it's battle shit. Get inside the opponent's head, right? 
We all friends, but we right. can bat them. Right. What was it like when you went to Psychopathic and met Violent Jane Shaggy and you're repping the twist, Twisted Hat? That was tight. I mean, you know, right? Haven't you met those? Those are your homies, Yeah, right? I respect and appreciate them. Dude, I want to go to a gathering with you so bad, man. Nah, bro, that was, I would say, single-handedly probably the most helpful vibe out with OGs because they, you know, they know the game. They built their own system. I came home and started making merch like a mother. Right. And then you've always been on that. But then also, like, uh, I'm just excited to be back, bro. Can I just appreciate this moment? Right. Yeah, I feel you. Me too. But I want to tell the young ones, because I'm not that anymore, like, you got what it takes. Surround yourself with people that root for you. Right. Whatever that looks like. Give yourself the time and space to make art. And if that means a part-time job, do that. And then just really, really put the energy in. And I don't know what else you got, Lars. Don't be too precious about it because you have to be consistently putting stuff out. Don't be like, this is my one song. This is my one moment. What's interesting is what's next, not what's happened. I think that's important. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, I think build your own. What I'm on now is building your own systems of distribution. I mean, you've always done this. And I think like that's so key. Right. And we, we also we also what I'm interested in, Lars, is crowdsourcing um, resources. Okay. Like, what is crowdsourcing tech? Like, we're crowdsourcing, you'll see tonight, like crowdsourcing bandwidth, crowdsourcing, you know, money, like crowdsourcing real estate. So it's like, I think collectively, though, internally for us, by us, not like some kind of weird, like Kickstarter. We could do that too. I saw some homies buy a plot of land in Oakland for 100000 off GoFundMe uh, two summers ago. Wow. But so like, but I'm saying like, there's a lot of potential to, to build, but. I just like, I'm just geeking out, bro. Like this is so needed for me spirit wise. And like, I think, you know, like keep this going for people, this connection going. Cause it's so crucial. Like, like, especially for us out, outward social folks, I'm sure without this, we'd be dying. You know what I mean? Like, I know. And that's this thing we're living through. Like, it's almost like the internet was designed for this moment in human history. Well, it was, it was designed by the military to withstand nuclear war. Yeah. So we'd be able to communicate if. An infrastructure was shut down. Not you and me, they, them. Right, right. We right. got it because the scientists who did the thing put the code out. People always do that shit. That's true, man. Yeah, <laughs> power to the people. That's what's up. <laughs> um, um, Jeb, uh, where, like, so there's a music video Tim directed. Uh, I get moving, right? Is that what it's called? Yeah, Tim, Tim uh, Thompson and Odin, Odin Wadley. Uh, I get moving, yeah, bro. From uh, Anti-Racist 15, I get moving. That's a great one. And then is your stuff on um, Bandcamp or Spotify? I got a lot of tracks with folks that around that I'm super proud of. And all the crew, shouts to Homeless, shouts to Lars, shouts to uh, Tucson Morrison, shouts to all the homies in the freestyle sessions. But I have one called um, Can't Lock Em All yeah. by Just Rhyme that I'm super proud of. So if you're dropping some stuff, put that one in there. Let's, I mean, YouTube, I guess. Can't yeah. Lock Us All on YouTube, Just Rhyme, Five Beats. I was like, took, I said, let me create a distribution center and then I can make for myself and for others. And then I can make all the art I want. And it doesn't matter if it makes money. Right. You know, so I'm, I'm going to come back. I'm going to record. I'm coming back as my original MC name, Privilege. Yeah. Fear of a white planet coming soon. It's not expensive to do a final mix, master. You just need time and focus. Dude, I've, I've got some fire beats and fire lyrics. If you want to produce it on the back end, you can take all the money. 
Let's go. <laughs> That's what's up. I just I just need a good set of ears. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, bro. I don't know how to. Trevor was always the engineer for us, you know? So do you do home recording still? Like as soon as Trev moved to the Bay, it was like a rap, you know? Like he's out of the city, so. Yeah. I mean, the guy that mixed and, and did all the beats on our album is like Dre Camp, Aftermath, dude, now. Right. But back in the, oh no, he was back in the day. He was working with Busta Rhymes. So we just, he just, we did it for us for like five Gs. We did the whole album. So like I never had any homie that I actually worked with mm-hmm. on my shit. Right. But I can but you know, if I can get the right mix and someone that can hear what I'm trying to do, like it's done, bro. That's what's up. Writing raps is not a problem. Like I freestyle for hours. Right. You know. Right. <laughs> and you have smart and you have intelligent, surprising things to say, and that's what I like about your style. That's where it's happening. Like I still freestyle every time at all of our parties. Like after tonight, yeah, after the mics go down, we're gonna close down and we're gonna sesh. Like I mean, it might be too late, but we're going to do some daytime parties too. But like, it's just going to be DJs taking turns and beats and MCs ripping it. And then us recording and sending everyone in the file. And then you can chop it up and do what you want. Do you know about a site called Beat Stars? That one saved me. I had like 36 hours of beats. And they gave them out for free. And then if you put them on the internet, they take a percentage. Right. But the beat can't, can't lock us all that I'm rapping on if we end with is from homies in the underground chat board shit. Like, That's what's up. It's like, and it's some raw shit too. That's what's great about hip hop and the internet. It's collaborative and remote and easy to do. It's always been collaborative and it's always about connecting people. We in that world and I see you as like really a, uh, a master teacher and I'm trying to get all the FaceTime with you, bro, before the baby takes it off. How was it your first few months managing everything? Yeah, I started to teach two classes, but they were online. But, and this is the thing, man, like you want to clear your schedule because half your day is going to be for the little one and the other half is for wifey. Right. So it's an awesome time for dads or partners to show love, but you're going to, it's like a marathon, bro. So you want to prep. You're going to have to eat mad healthy, drink water and catch the sleep when you can. Lots of vitamins. Right. Your job is to stay healthy and take care of the little ones. Right. Your wife's job is to heal and feed the little one milk. Right. And your little one's job is to survive and live life, you know, and get those snuggles. So I'm just saying, (laughs) Folks that I've seen enjoy it the most, prepared physically and health-wise, and then took the time off like a good three months if you can. Okay. And put it on autopilot, like on email. Yo, uh, respect, not dodging your calls, whatever, here for my little one. If you want to send support and love, here's a Venmo link. Right. And that we get in diapers, milk, you know, especially in this time. Yeah. Or our favorite delivery services, bop, 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 bop. Right. That's what's up. And I remember you were showing me an app where you would put your daughter's scheduled feedings, diapers, and you said that way you could anticip- anticipate her needs before she had them. And Google uh, baby language. Yeah. There's a, a, a na, a, and uh. It's throat, uh, stomach, and butt. And it's the sounds. But anyway, based the kids from very young, you can tell if it's uh, more a treble, mid, or bass cry mm. and that corresponds with feeding or, or uh feeding uh tummy hungry or gassy and the high one is also tired okay so bro that's good that's like, amazing and it cured stuff and also yeah. like how to calm kids when they can't talk like doing a you know why people go to kids because it's soothing yeah. It's auditory, but bro, it's better to do it long like because it mirrors mama's blood in the womb. My daughter was born super crying, 
put out my finger. She grabbed it, did that, 30 seconds, dead quiet, asleep. Wow. Within under 60 seconds from being born. Wow. She, I put my finger out so she could feel the touch, and then I went, shh, and in under 30 seconds, bro, sleeping. Like a baby, literally. <laughs> we can go all day. We should just do a dad gang podcast. Have all the dad dads call in and give those emergency first three months tips. But I'm saying you got it. Ask for help. Create autopilot that gets people off you. No personal feelings. And uh, and I'm here for you on all that. Thanks, Jeb. Put, put me on the mutual aid dad gang email list. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thanks for squeezing me in. Until the next one, my man. That's what's up. Open house. Jeb Middlebrook everything. And um, I love y'all. Keep spreading the love. And oh, one last thing. Yeah. Ask for what you need. Give what you can. We the revolution. That's amazing. I love that. You're Jeb Middlebrook on Twitter and everything. Yeah. And the vo- and the volunteer gig is open house. If you need it or you got it, roll through. Together we can network and make this network. We're gonna drop that jam. Cool, bro. This is Can't Lock Us All. Just Ryan, produced by Vibe Beats. There's a video on YouTube, on the Just Rhyme channel. Holler. Diamonds in my 
stomach give you jewels when I spit up Smuggling the contraband to homies who get sent up Just about to meet the man who led up in his head What? Our people aren't the only ones who gonna get it fed up Motivate the prisons from the classrooms to the offices Burning so much down they asking just who is accomplices Godzilla, King Kong, just is kinda monsterish Walkers in the streets take the concrete and demolish it all of us rebellious, we ride till we get free The club is on the block and just got VIP You see, these bars I got just living Opposite of locked up, watch or just emancipate Treat me like a song, say fuck they laws on Can't pop a song, poppin' off when it's on Can't lock a song, say fuck they laws on Can't pop a song, poppin' off when it's on Thank you, Jeb. That was tight. That was his song called Can't Lock Us All. Uh, Be sure to stay tuned for more musical releases by the wonderful activist, artist, person, Jeb Middlebrook. Next week, we have Jessica from the PDX Broadsides, which are and were a pirate-themed folk band from portland and jessica is a phd who works in placentology so we get into that so stay tuned thank you everyone for listening patreon.com slash mc lars and we'll see you next week bye